The Courage to Lead, Episode 90. You're listening to the IB4E Coaching Podcast. Brought to you by IB4E Coaching, business coaching for executives, entrepreneurs, and small business professionals. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com. Hey, Coach Arlen here. Welcome back to the podcast. Hope you guys are having a great week. Um, I'm having a great week and I'm excited to introduce you to my guest. Uh, Please help me welcome Jennifer DeMata. Jennifer DeMata is the founder of Uprisers, a leadership wellness program for women, has over 20 years of high ranking roles where she led hundreds of women. She speaks often on female leadership and the Uprisers methodology to develop into an effective leader. Jennifer is also a certified health coach through the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, and earn a master's degree in leadership from Bellevue University. She's earned the 2014 Colorado's Most Influential and Most Powerful Woman Award, as well as 2017's Top 100 Women to Watch. Jennifer's on the board of directors for a public company, Midland States Bancorp, as well as on the advisory board for a few digital agencies. She's originally from Omaha, Nebraska, and currently resides in beautiful Fort Lauderdale, Florida, where she has a home with her husband and daughter. She loves to run, read, and spend time at the beach with family and friends. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I have listened to quite a few of your shows. I really enjoyed them. So I'm excited awesome. to be here. Awesome. Yeah. I'm excited to have you on. I, I, I definitely, I, I love, and I'm not just saying this because you're on here. I love strong women. I've had a lot of great women uh, guests on the show, uh, found out their stories and talked about what they, what they do, how they became the leaders that they are. So I'm fascinated to, to talk to you about what you do. Uh, your work with uprisers and and helping women to become better, stronger leaders. So yeah, I think it's going to be great. Um, but before we get started in that, I have some icebreaker questions. These are questions I ask every one of my guests. Uh, questions that were made famous on the TV show Inside the Actors Studio, where the host James Lipton asks these questions of his guests from Hollywood TV, film, and stage. And I figure if they're good enough for the Hollywood elite, they're certainly good enough for my guests. Absolutely. So all right, if you are ready, question number one. What is your favorite word? This is my favorite question. So (laughs) um, it's not even a word, but my daughter made it up. And when she was little, she said rugely a lot (laughs) (laughs) instead of usually. And um, we, I just love the way she spun that rugely. And she always had a nice tone to it too. So it was very fun. It's my favorite word. Very cool. All right. What is your least favorite word? I'd say my least favorite word has a lot to do with what we're going to talk about today. Uh, But my least favorite word is fearless um, because I think people think that people with a lot of courage are fearless rather than, you know, doing the work of managing the fear. So I'm not, I'm not a big fan of fearless. Good point. Good point. All right. What turns you on? Yeah. Energy, positivity, when people are super passionate about things, just that really high energy environment. Great. What turns you off? Uh, Really, uh, I think when people don't necessarily respond to others in the right way, it's a really big turnoff because we're all different, right? And I think, you know, thinking about how you respond to others is really important to building relationships in life. Excellent. Uh, What sound or noise do you love? Well, I live by the beach, so the ocean waves is a great sound. Absolutely. What sound or noise do you hate? Uh, 
Um, um, when my daughter is upset, it's not, it's hard. Yeah. It's not my favorite thing. Absolutely. Um, what is your favorite curse word? So this is the one that starts with S and ends with T, but this is in German. It's Scheiße. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. All right. What profession other than your own would you like to attempt? So I grew up dancing for about 18 years and man, I would have loved to turn that into a career sung and danced on Broadway would just be a dream. I can't sing worth a darn. So well, a lot of people on happen. Broadway can't, um, in some people's <laughs> opinion, but it's never too late. You can always dance on Broadway. Absolutely. Um, what profession would you not like to do? Uh, you know, we had a plumber in here a couple of days ago. I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> They've probably seen a bunch. Yeah, no thanks. All right. Final question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Yeah, I, I would love to have him say, your grandma and grandpa are right over there. Go join them because they're just super meaningful to me. Awesome. Very yeah. cool. Very cool. All right. Um, we're going to take a short break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about um, your beginnings, how you got started, uh, how you founded Uprisers and some of the people you're working with and all your awards. We'll talk about all kinds of stuff. Okay. Sounds good. All right. We'll be back right after this. So stick with us. Imagine having a trusted group of CEOs at your disposal. Imagine having your very own peer advisory team who could work you through the problems and questions in your business before you had to make those difficult decisions. Imagine you had a group of advisors that had your back and met for the sole purpose of making you successful in your business. What would you be able to accomplish then? Well, you don't have to imagine anymore. You can have that and more when you join my Business Success Mastermind Group. Join my Business Success Mastermind Group today. Learn more at ib4e-coaching.com forward slash mastermind. And we are back with my guest, Jennifer Damata. Jennifer, thanks again for coming on the show. I've been looking forward to this conversation. So tell us, tell us how you got started. Yeah, well, I think I, <laughs> in my career, <laughs> yeah. um, I think the way that I got started is potentially the way a lot of us get started is I just found something that, that I needed to find in a daytime career, which was a good paying job. <laughs> it didn't go, the criteria wasn't this long list. Um, at the time I had had Caitlin, she was very young. And, uh, I, you know, I needed to make money. So I looked around, I found a gig in marketing. I was actually getting my bachelor's in criminal justice. I thought I wanted to be an FBI agent. That was awesome. like something, maybe I should have said that for the profession, but a singing um, and dancing yeah. FBI agent. That would have been awesome. Uh, yeah. Singing yeah. and dancing FBI agent would have been a perfect <laughs> blend. Um, yeah, I would have got the, the bad guys all the time if I could do that. <laughs> Um, but anyway, that was kind of what I wanted to do. And that's what my bachelor's degree, but you know, when you have a kid, you, you think differently. And I was a single parent. And so I found a gig and I found it in marketing. I ended up liking it a lot. And so I've spent the last 25 years working my way up through the marketing field. And at some point in time, I changed from traditional marketing, which was catalog and direct mail and all the stuff that existed before the internet. And moved into the internet pretty early on, actually, in the mid-90s. Um, you know, Amazon was just getting started. Google didn't even exist. 
and I was getting my my toes and my feet wet in the digital space. And I really just went up and up and up and up there from there and was, you know, head of digital and e-commerce for several companies, Sports Authority, Office Depot, several others, um, and enjoyed it. And the way, you know, digital and e-commerce wasn't unknown. So there wasn't any standard operating procedures. And I think I really enjoyed that aspect too. It was it was a wild, wild west. It was something where you you almost, it was like you were coming to America. It was brand new. You really had to figure out how to create a governance and create some structure. And, and I love that part. I mean, building has always been a, a piece of the puzzle that I loved. But I think the thing that I really loved out of it was developing the people. And I got an opportunity to develop a lot of people because I had a lot of big teams, but also because digital e-commerce weren't known. I wasn't out there looking for people with 10 years of e-commerce experience that didn't even exist. So I was not only leading a function and a profit center, but I was a developer and a teacher and I had to spend a lot of time there and I loved spending a lot of time there. Nice. And that's kind of how I trans, you know, translate that passion. I've translated that passion, I guess, into uprisers essentially. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Yeah. yeah, I've heard that from other people that they, you know, working in their business, something just happened. They started working with the business owner and next thing you know, they go, wow, I'm really good at this. And they just kind of blended those two things. So yeah, yeah tell me about uprisers. Yeah. So, you know, after some time, you know, I'm an empty nester now and I have been for about seven years. And I, I think you really have a nice opportunity to think about your career again when you become, there's something about that change that makes you really think about things. And it allowed me to think about, do I want to continue on the path of digital and e-commerce? Is this, you know, where I'm, I'm chief digital officer, where else am I going? Is this going to continue? Or do I need to really start poking some holes and thinking about what do I really love to do? And I decided to poke the holes and spend that time and while I love developing people, uh, I honestly do love developing women more. And ob obviously I'm female, so I can yeah. relate to women better. I know the differences and I've seen the differences often in my digital teams. It's a good 50, 50 split. Um, and I see the differences in how you uh, need to help women develop versus how you need to help men develop especially in leadership development, you know, helping them get higher rank ranking roles and uh, health has such a big aspect to uh, a female and how they operate and how they act as a leader as it does with anyone, but it is a little bit different with women. And then um, financial acumen is such a big deal. I have been so lucky, you know, e-commerce, I've always carried the P&L ownership. And I remember in 2005, I took my first P&L ownership role and I just said, yes, which is, this is not a normal female thing, but I said, yes, I can do that. And I didn't know what I was doing, but I knew I was good with numbers, but I didn't know what a P&L was. And I was lucky enough to have a CFO who really taught me what a P&L looks like. And plus, once you get into it, you learn. And I think that's a little bit about courage too. Like you really can't learn from the outside of things. You almost Absolutely. have to jump in and, and you'll figure it out. I mean, most people will, unless you're trying to, you know, 
yeah. do brain surgery or something more, <laughs> more important than, than, you know, most, yeah, for that, most of us do for that. You need a YouTube, right? YouTube. Yeah. Channel you just need it. YouTube about 15 minutes and you're good. Yeah. Who was it? Um, um, so Marie, Uprise, I'm oh, sorry. Marie Forleo, I think was the one who said that everything is figure outable. Correct. She wrote a book. Yeah. Everything is figure outable. Say yes to it and then figure out how to do it. Right. That's right. And that's something I do teach women because women are more apt to say, have I done it before? And then they stop there. You know, mm. it's, I, and it's just not likely you can't be, let's say a manager in an organization and want a director level and say, have I done that before? Right. You, of course you haven't done it before. And a director carries new responsibilities. What you have to say to yourself is, and what we, what we, I teach in the uprisers is, do you have the ability to do it? And, you know, a lot of times it's more like, do you have the potential and do you have the ability not have you done it? And we're constantly changing those mindsets, but going a little bit back, um, uprisers I formed in, it originally was called become your own leadership coach. And I originally started talking about it in 2017. Then I really formalized it in 2019. And I took a cohort of women through it and they loved it and also gave me excellent feedback, which I then, you know, kept modifying and improving the program. I eventually called it Uprisers through a, a great crowdsourcing um, brand campaign I did last year where I got like thousands of suggestions and this one really stuck out. I mean, nice. it just was like, whoop, that's, that's it, that's happening. Um, and I formed this formally because I, when I looked at myself, I said, uh, here's where I want to contribute to the world. The needle is not moving for females going up the ladder. It Yes, females are making these CEO, there's announcements about females getting into these CEO seats, but the needle's not moving because there's just as many people essentially retiring and, and moving away and things like that. And um, the board, women being on boards is very important to me too. I am on one of the boards, I am the only woman on the board. Mm -hmm. And on the other board, I'm one of two. So um, while that's good, and that's better than a lot of boards, it's not good enough for me. So I want, I want to see more women. And that's my contribution is to help women get into high ranking roles and get on board seats. So what I do is I work with um, I, and I work with women early on. So I try to work with women when they're in the manager to the early VP stage. They know they want to make career, a career. I mean, they, they're, they're not saying I'm just going to do a job. And then when I have a family, I'm going to either be steady Eddie or leave my job. They're saying, regardless of what happens in my personal life, I want a career and I'm looking to go up and they usually find me and I'm more than happy to work with as many women as I can possibly handle in my capacity, I guess. Awesome. So, awesome. yeah. So, so what, what is it that when you work with these women and stuff, what do you, what are you seeing? What is it that they're either missing or maybe is it limiting beliefs that are holding them back? What is it you work with the most? Well, let me start with what the stud, the studies say, the studies um, show that women, there's a couple different studies out there, but the big one is Zanger and Folkman. They're an HR firm. They have done, I think over a hundred thousand leadership 360 surveys. So they're able to slice and dice the data by gender, by region, by industry, et cetera. 
when they slice and dice the data by gender and they go off of their, um, they used to do 16 leadership competencies that were important. I think they're up to 19 now, but when they break it down, women often score higher on a majority of those competencies. The, the only issue that I see there is um, they do, women score higher on empathy and inspiration, motivation, collaboration, uh, teamwork. Um, they're about even on strategic perspective. There's, there's quite a few of them. Where the underlying current is, is in the confidence mm. that they have about themselves. And so this is a big part of uprisers is building the confidence and the courage to show those leadership strengths that already exist. Mm -hmm. They just don't always come out because there's a lack of confidence and a lack of courage. So there's a, there's a component there. Now, more recently with the health aspect, health has a dramatic impact on your effectiveness as a leader and women have an extra component of managing their health, you know, that because they're a female, they have a hormonal balance that they have to deal with. They have work-life balance that they have to deal with. There are other things that women have to deal with that men as their gender just do not. And if you aren't healthy, you can't be as, an, as effective as you possibly can. And it certainly can erode your confidence. So it's a double whammy a little bit. So that's why I pull the health in because fixing our health and being healthier can automatically help give us a boost on confidence, which then leads into effective leadership. And these are kind of, these are really core components of the program. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot more holistic approach than a lot of things, right? I was on a, mm -hmm. a call uh, webinar earlier this morning and they were talking about that uh, imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. You know, people start seeing a little bit of, of success and they go, wow, I don't know if I deserve this, you know? And, how do you, have you dealt with that with some of the women? You oh yeah. yeah. I mean, I deal with myself too. I think it's just like fear. It's how do you manage the feeling of imposter syndrome? Does it just stop you in your feet or do you, uh, can you move on from, can you manage it? Can you almost use it to your benefit? And you start with managing it first, suppressing it a little bit, and then you start to using it to your benefit. Like what if I just did something and that would help the imposter syndrome go away. Hmm. But, you know, all of these things are um, practice helps a lot. You know, practice builds the muscle of courage. Pra practice builds the muscle of confidence. It, it, at some point in time, what I do. So I thought about this a lot, partly because this podcast was coming up, but partly because you know, I continue to have most every woman that goes through my um, coaching is lacks confidence. Mm -hmm. Even if they have, I do a strengths finder test, the Clifton nice. strengths yep. finder. Good. And there is, um, there's a uh, strength in there that's called self-assurance. And it's pretty much the strength that would tell you whether somebody has confidence or not. Yeah. <laughs> and I've had a few women who have self-assurance, but they still struggle with confidence no matter what. So the, the, it stops you. Um, and so you, we, what I thought about was they, when somebody believes in them, I think this is a really important thing. And, and I do, I'm their biggest fan. I'm always all of my clients' biggest fans. Nice. 
when somebody believes that you can do something, you are just more likely to give it a try. And so that's what we do sometimes within the 12 weeks, because they'll bring up certain scenarios. Like I want to go to my boss and ask for a raise. I want to go to my boss and ask for a promotion. So first of all, we do go through like, what is the most effective way to, to talk about that? Because sometimes the lack of confidence encourages, I don't know, an effective means of having this conversation. So we talk about the effective means of having that conversation. Then we talk about setting a time and a date. And then I, you know, I turn on the jets as far as motivating them because I want to get them over those hurdles because the more hurdles that they choose to get over, the easier it does get, you know, taking courage and taking confidence in small bits builds it up. It's just like weight training. Like I don't ask somebody who's never done weight training to lift a 50 pound weight and just start doing some bicep curls. Like it doesn't work. (laughs) So let's start with some one pounders or two pounders or whatever you're most comfortable with, because it's the action that's got to get started. And I also understand this. I mean, uh, my mom's the reason I don't like this word so much. My mom's called me fearless since I was like five and I'm not fearless. (laughs) And I love her to death, but I am not fearless. I, I just, I have fear. It's there. Yeah. I just figure out, you know, I use it to my benefit. Um, but I, I'll, I'll give you an example. Like I started on the board of this bank um, almost three years ago. So I went to my first board meeting in November of 2018. Okay. And I was scared to death. And unless I was asked a question, I did not. I did not talk. I did not talk at the next board meeting. I didn't talk at the next board meeting. And then I sat down. I was like, do you want this board role? Do you, do you want to be, what do you want? You know, do you, like, I'm talking to myself, do you want this to be uh, something that you have for a long time? Is this important to you? Why is it important to you? How can you contribute? So then that got me into that mental state. Like the fear was stopping me in those first several board meetings. So I got into the mental state, like, I want this. I don't want them a year from now saying, well, she never talks. So like, why are we having her hold a board seat? And and that is very much a valid thing that can come up. So I thought, I'm just going to start talking. Well, the first, I think the first several things I said were just like, they didn't come out nicely. (laughs) And this is what I talk to women about. And uh, frankly, when they hear stories, because they, they, put me on a pedestal and you know, and they think that I'm, I've been there that my whole career, my whole life. And I haven't been there my whole life. I'm always having to climb the steps. And um, I, I just, you know, blurb things out. I knew I was making mistakes, but I was like, Hey, listen, I actually got some words out this time. That's step one. (laughs) Step two is okay. Get some better words out. (laughs) <laughs> and you know, you got to give yourself a break. It's a journey. It's a marathon, not a sprint. So those are the other things we discuss. Like, let's not think that it's the, you got a one-time chance and that's it. End of story. <laughs> yeah. you, you don't have a one-time chance. You know, you do this, you might make a little mistake, big deal. You learned that's mm-hmm. the more important part. And then let's try it again. And um, so I run it for 12 weeks, partly to get some of those situations in while we're talking, while we're having these personal coaching sessions. And then I have monthly sessions for a year after that with them. And again, it's to get them continuing to build the courage and the confidence muscle, because I don't have to work 
real hard on their leadership skills because again the studies show and i see it in my my group they're there those leadership skills are there now i just got to get the foundation more solid and that's yeah. the the courage and the confidence exactly and like you said with the weight it's you don't start off lifting hundreds of pounds you start off with something small learn the mechanics of it prove to yourself i really can do this and then work your way up a little bit yeah time. so it's yeah. baby steps and it's sustainable you know like when i think about it um some individuals right we're still talking about the weight they they do pick up the 25 pounds in the first week and then you know three weeks later they're not doing it anymore yeah. you know they it is a matter of being smart about doing things in a sustainable way, which means little bits at a time and taking courage in areas that aren't big. They're not huge. They're, yeah. they're small, you know, little courage steps. Yeah. Um, my wife is, is one of the most courageous people I know, and she's very self-confident, but she wasn't always that way, but she learned how to scuba dive. She learned how to ride a motorcycle with firearms training, we skydiving, hang gliding, all these other things that we would do on vacation or whatever that helped her find her confidence that, Hey, I got over the fear of that. I can get over the fear of this. You know what I mean? That's right. So in the, in the coaching that you do, you're a certified health coach. How, how does that play into what do you help them with as far as their, their health? Do you help them get more fit and, and do things like that to try to build their confidence in themselves? Yes. But, um, because I'm dealing with a bunch of women at the same time and an 80% of a health equation is not necessarily personalized. There's a lot of things that everyone should do to be healthy. And then 20% is a little bit of tweaking to personalize it. Um, you know, there's, there's uh, core areas I focus on and these six, I call it the crucial six, these six areas I focus on, affect a majority of the population in this country. Like for example, sugar, a majority of Americans in this country consume four to five times more sugar per day than they should. And that just has a number of different negative health impacts. So you could eat all this, you could eat, you could exercise super fantastically. And then if you're consuming sugar, you're just, you're not only taking it all back, but you're, you're, really eroding your health of your body, especially your brain. Um, and then I have, I have other ones that's social because relationships are very important and they're, and they're particularly important to women. Um, uh, so we, we talk about the impact of, of social and what it means to have good relationships, what the impact is of having bad relationships you know, and what the balance is of having a social life versus, you know, uh, time for yourself alone. Time's also very important. Yeah. And then we go through sleep, stress, um, supplements. And I have to say the last one is sex. And the reason is, is because, you know, God, you know, whoever put us on this earth, yeah. that is an aspect that makes our bodies and our chemical processes in our bodies and our hormonal balance, all of that, it happens more effectively. It's more optimized with all six of these um, in, in the right place, right. Uh, completely optimized in your life. So I teach them how to optimize those crucial six areas. Very cool. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Like I said, I like the, the holistic aspect, aspect of it rather than just teaching them how to get up and speak in front of people. 
everything plays into that, right? Mm -hmm. You're a lot more com yeah. comfortable and confident if you have that. Um, the awards you've won, Colorado's most influential and most powerful woman, 2014. Congratulations. That's pretty awesome. cool. That is I know, pretty I cool. I actually thought it was a joke at first. So here's how this went down. <laughs> I get this email and I'm like, okay, whatever. This is not, this is not real kind of thing. Um, and, and it, plus you had to be nom nominated. And I was like, I, I barely know anybody. I just got here. Like, I don't know, nine months ago. Uh, so I thought this isn't real. All of a sudden I talk, I'm talking to the CEO of sports authority and we're having good conversation. He's like, so I got a letter and an email that you have been awarded this award. And I was like, Oh, this is real. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> I guess I need to respond. <laughs> so yeah, they had a ceremony and um, it was really, really special. I don't know to this day who nominated me, really? but still, that's yeah. awesome. So for, for all the women out there looking to gain courage, when you get an award, this is what you say. I deserved it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So I deserve that reward. <laughs> Definitely. Very cool. And then the other one, the 2017's top 100 women to watch. Yeah. Was that uh, locally or was that a magazine? What was that? That is a, a company called Brand uh, Accelerator or something like that. But anyway, they put out the top 100 to watch. And this is in the marketing and the digital area and stuff like nice. that um, every year. And it, it's pretty special to be in that top 100, just given the number of women that Absolutely. are, you know, could be in there. So that was really neat cool. as well. Um, funny again, I did not even know that <laughs> until a recruiter called me and said, I found you on the top 100 women to watch. And, and so I thought you'd be really great for this, you know, role. <laughs> I was like, Oh, wow. okay. I guess I need to pay more attention to these awards. <laughs> yeah. But that's cool that somebody is nominating you. I mean, that's that what an affirmation, right? Instead yeah. of you reaching out and saying, hey, wouldn't I make a great top 100? It's like, no, somebody else thinks you would. That's that's pretty special. Honestly, I have to say it is very special when you get recognition. It's very important. And I have to say to everybody out there that's listening, like, if you take some time to recognize somebody that's been in your life, that's been a great leader, a great partner, a great whatever, it will mean a lot to them, you know, that's because nice. you just don't know you know, sometimes you're making these hard decisions and you're, you know, doing a lot of things, you know, you have fun, but you also have some hard stuff to do with teams and you just never know how it's going to come across. And when people think more about the whole and they're like, you're an amazing leader. You know, I just put a post out there on LinkedIn and a couple of weeks ago, one of the gals from sports story says, you're my favorite leader. And these things are great. I mean, again, sure these types of recognition and reward and motivation, this gives everyone gets, gives a person receiving it more ability to be confident and courageous in their lives. Absolutely. So yeah, yeah. whoever it happens to be, because I know a lot of times uh, as a consultant, as a coach, you kind of fly under the radar a little bit, right? Your goal is yeah. to make the people you work with more successful, Correct. not draw attention to yourself. And so when yep. somebody turns around and recognizes you, that's, that's pretty good. Yes. No, that's exactly right. That is an important aspect of being a coach or consultant is get ready to be in the shadow and be okay with that. Your, yeah. your whole goal is to make your clients successful. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm doing my job correctly, it'll look like it was just like magic almost. It just happened. Right. 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 Exactly. Yeah.
Very cool. So how many employees do you have working with you right now? Huh? It's me. <laughs> hey. And you're all in it's the same me. room at the same time. That's perfect. Well, yes, yeah, me, myself and I. So there's <laughs> three of us. Um, but I have, so my, I, I have an intentional and I actually have two businesses, but one I'm really trying to let go of because I spent, I'm spending more time on uprisers and I do have to figure out a model, you know, something that I think everybody who's just getting started in business is what's the model for growth and when do you need more employees and whatnot? Um, but my other business is Demata International. It's a digital advisory. Nice. And the model I set up there was I'm going to truly be the advisor. And so I have I had, well, I had several clients until I chose to find a partner and, and refer those clients to my partner. Um, and my model was, hey, the company is going to hire the teams, the people, the, they're going to pay attention to the execution. And I'm going to come in as the advisor. Now the coach works a little bit like that. I actually have quite a bit of capacity, um, being able to coach. And I do tend to kind of work people into the group workshops rather than the individual because individual tends to not be as scalable. You might work with, you know, you work with some of the top, top people, that you want to work with individually. And then everyone else needs to kind of be in a group program. Then you can scale a lot better in your yeah, coaching. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so then before uprisers, um, the companies you work with, did you have employees reporting to you? Oh yeah. So um, actually the last company I was in Germany, I was at media. This is why I know German <laughs> <laughs> and I do know German. I mean, I'm not fluent, but I'm pretty darn good. Um, so I worked at Media Saturn Holding, which is Media Marked. Um, it's a electronics retailer. I it's the best, they call themselves the Best Buy of Europe. So they're in 14 countries. They're $20 billion company. I was the chief digital and marketing officer. I had over 500 employees on my team there. Very cool. Yeah. Good job. If I were able to speak German and I bumped into any one of your employees. And, and ask them about you and your leadership style, what would they tell me? What type of leader are you? Yeah, so um, I went through my uh, recommendations on my LinkedIn because I want to make sure I use the right words. And by the way, they all speak English. I mean, geez, Perfect. They're, they're all so great. <laughs> it, was, it was lovely. Um, you know, they say I'm a visionary and I'm very strategic. And, and I think that's true. I focus a lot on that because I, that I empower them uh, that's very important to me. I like to empower people. I like to see people win um, and feel good about themselves and do things on their own. Uh, then I'm very trusting. And I think that comes with empowerment. You have to trust if you're going to empower yeah. uh, that I'm honest. I'm very transparent and I'm honest. Um, and that's my Midwestern roots. That's, that's Nebraska right there. <laughs> very cool. Um, with the leaders that you work with, what do you, what do you look for in a leader and, and what do you help them discover in themselves? Yes. Yeah, so I, I really believe, so I have, you've probably read the book, five dysfunctions of a mm -hmm. team by Patrick Lencioni. Yeah. I really believe those are the things that also a leader needs to have. So it's not just a team, but the leader needs to have those things, the authenticity, the communication, you know, the accountability. Um, that's what I look for in a leader essentially. And, and that's what I've always seen in good leaders in, in my experience as well. Um, I always 
have my clients do something that actually I was asked to do by my coach a long time ago. So I learned um, something from her that I have now uh, put into my uprisers, which is think of the person that you would consider a great leader. And this is somebody you have to have worked with. This isn't like, oh, Abraham Lincoln, or, you know, somebody (laughs) like that. Um, You have to have worked with this person and you consider them a good leader. So then name the name at first. And then what are the top five attributes about that person that makes them a great leader? Because what I say about a great, like, let's say I named somebody and somebody else named that same person, we might really be eyeing different attributes because it's really what's important to me. And it tends to be what I'm looking at in great leaders is really what I would like to be, what the leadership principles that I would like to have. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. And I I think that works uh, the opposite way too. When you get upset with somebody, a lot of times you're upset because whatever it is they're doing, you see yourself doing you know what I'm saying? It's like, if they're short with you, it's like, oh, I've been short with people before and I can't stand that, <laughs> you know? Correct. So, they, yeah. they, uh, there's like a stat out there that says um, 80% of the time you're angry with somebody, you're actually angry with yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and I believe that. Absolutely. I kind of go back and look at that. I'm like, oh yeah, I wasn't <laughs> really angry with my husband. I was actually <laughs> angry with myself and I just made it like it was my husband's problem. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, courage, let's talk about courage. Where did you find the courage to step away from corporate America and say, I'm going to do this on my own. You start your own e-commerce, digital marketing type business. You start uprisers. Where did you find that courage? Yeah. I mean, I think that's just the hardest question to answer because I'm not sure I found the courage. I just kind of pushed myself over the edge. Essentially, I decided to not let fear hold me back and try it. And sometimes, you know, I'm a very um, logical thinker. So if I go through, so you have to think about like, what steps do you really need to go through? Because back in 2017, when I went from very high paying full-time gigs, so felt kind of secure to, okay, I've got to stop this because this isn't hitting my passion and I need to open my own advisory firm. And I didn't know if I'd be $0 of income <laughs> or what. Um, I had to say, okay, what happens if six months down the road, I'm $0? Oh, well, I have this amount of savings. This is how I'm going to deal with it. So if you really write things out and you kind of plan things out for yourself, then you have a better chance of working with your man. It's like, it's like you're combating fear. Mm-hmm. by getting a plan together. And this is what I do. Um, and this is what I did in, in that speech. I, I think you might've seen, but I, I talked with a nonprofit about courage. It's like, listen, write down the worst thing that can happen yeah. and then write down how likely it is to happen. And then write down what you're going to do about it. Because once you start getting the visibility yeah. of your plan, things get a lot easier to manage for you. And, um, and then I think a support system is just, it's crucial. So I, that's why I try to always be my client's support system, because sometimes I'm the only one saying, I got you, I support you on this venture of going to your boss and asking for a raise. Let's talk about how exactly we're going to do it, 
let's practice exactly what we're going to say what happens when he says no what happens when he says so you you really go through the whole role playing thing and you do end up coming out feeling like you can manage the fear which i think then goes back to your question of it gives you the courage to do it yeah 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 cuz having that plan like you said once you work through it what's the worst that could possibly happen and how likely is that and then what could you do differently to maybe avoid that or what are you going to do after the once right. you have that, it's, it doesn't seem that scary. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And I used to have a fear of flying. And then for me, what helps is just going through the numbers, like, geez, there's like a million flights a day or whatever <laughs> it is. And there's never an accident. Like what is the likelihood that I'm going down in a plane? It's like nil yeah. 0.001%. This is a waste of time to fear, fear this, you know, exactly. it's a waste of time. And you know, and I think in the seven habits of highly effective people, he talks about, um, I'm not going to say the words, right. You might remember the circle of concern and the circle of influence, something like yeah. that, where basically focus on what you can control right. and write down, what are the aspects of things you can control? You control your response. You can control how you, you know, effectively communicate the, the need in the first place. You can control this, this, and then other things you can't control. And you make a list and you just say, I, have to realize that I cannot control those aspects. Absolutely. So if I start my advisory and I get no business, was it in, was it because I didn't do the things in my circle of control or is it because of the things happened that were out of my control? Right. So, yeah, I think all that stuff really does help you manage fear better, which is how courage flourishes is if you can manage the fear. Absolutely. So what type of courage do you think is most important for entrepreneurs or for the, the business leaders, the ladies you work with? What, what type I, don't, of I don't have those courage types memorized as good as you do. What, what did I put in there or what did I give? What did I tell you before? Let me see. Cause I, I would love to memorize those types of courage. <laughs> I think those are super cool. I, I um, think you're spot on. Emotional courage is challenging because you always put my head in front of my heart. Talk to me oh, about that, always. the emotional side. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I'm too, I'm too uh, black and white fact-based logic. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not your typical female, I, whatever it is, but um, emotions. And I really had to learn this. Like you do need to balance between head and heart. Um, so emotional courage, I think is something I need to work on better because I can appear probably I don't know, cold or distant or whatever, if I'm only using my head and I'm not using my heart per se. Yeah. So that's probably something I'll be working on for the rest of my life. Cool. Yeah. That one's come up a lot in the podcast is that emotional courage, the, you know, uh, dealing with things, dealing with other people's emotions. If you're in a leadership position, you know, sometimes that's tough. Um, one of the other ones is uh, the intellectual courage, putting aside, being able to put aside your current knowledge and beliefs and, and long held beliefs to make room for new knowledge. Cause there's always something new out there to learn. Right. Um, that's, that's something, uh, I'm thankful for being in digital because you've almost got no intel, you've got no past. There's no past with e-commerce. So you're always bringing new stuff in and it's always changing. So I think this environment really requires a lot of intellectual courage. Yeah. Um, and you know, you see it, a I, I don't know. It seems different. The younger generations are super duper smart. 
you know, you have to be willing to let them speak and talk and give ideas and stuff like that. And so sometimes if you, if you think you're 20 years means that you know better than someone who's only been around for a couple of years, you have to let that go because there's just always new stuff coming into the picture and you want to make sure you're not missing an opportunity to hear those new and exciting, those new and exciting learnings, essentially. Exactly. I like yeah. that. And yeah, I like social yeah. courage. Yes. Yeah. Social, social courage too. Yeah. And I, that's, yeah. I mean, having the courage to speak, having the courage to think about the bigger picture and what the, you know, something in the bigger picture needs versus yourself is I think something that um, leaders must have yeah. essentially. Yeah. Knowing, uh, saying what needs to be said, but also knowing when not to speak up, you know, sometimes yeah. silence is okay. Other times you must stand up and say what needs to be said. And that's, that's tough. Yeah. And the, the moral courage is, is tough. The empathetic courage, a lot of those are, are difficult. Um, working with your, your ladies in, in uprisers, do you see a certain kind of, of courage that they display or one that they don't show enough? Is there something you work on as far as courage? Yeah, intellectual cor- courage. I see a lot of I see a lot of openness for new thoughts, new ideas. So I see a lot of space, but almost potentially too much space, but that's a different conversation, but they do have um, definite intellectual courage. The emotional courage was probably work on the other side. Their heart is talking to them so much louder that they can't hear the head. So they work about the balance in the other direction. Um, some strengths in the strengths finder would tell you whether they're likely to have social courage versus not. Mm. And so, and I want to, I, you know, now that you've really helped me learn these types of courage and I know strengths finder really well, I'm kind of seeing some, I like to string together some of these things. And even with emotional intelligence, which I always have them do an emotional intelligence assessment, I think some of these things can really string together and tell you where are they more likely to have courage versus not. And I would say that if they're more likely to have courage in certain places, you kind of want to lean in on that first, get them feeling positive about themselves, feeling some confidence about that. And then you work into some other courages from the, you know, the easiest to the hardest, essentially. Nice. So for all the women executives, that are out there and stuff, if you could give them one piece of advice or one thing that you want to really share and get them to, to take away from this, what would it be? I would say, cause this is always the number one topic is you deserve to have a career. You can have work-life balance and still have an amazing career. It is more than possible. Um, Women, if you want that, sit your partner down, sit your husband down and explain your needs because you never know what response you're going to get, what support you get until you ask. Good stuff. Absolutely. So what's next for you? You've got all these awards behind you. You've got your businesses and everything like that. I'm going to blow up uprisers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not even kidding. When I come back on this show, it's going to be huge. I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big thinker. I'm a visionary. I'm also boots on the ground and get things done. 
And, and I would love to help impact the percentage of women at the C-level suite and at the board seats. I want to have, I want to, I hope to have some impact on that. So, I mean, I'm just looking to grow the heck out of Uprisers. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Um, where can people find you if they want to find you online? What's your, what's your website? Yep. You can go to Uprisers, U-P-R-I-S. ORS.com, or you can email me at jennifer at uprisers.com. Very cool. Any speaking engagements coming up? I do. Um, at the end of September, I have a conversation actually about becoming your own leadership coach. And then in the middle of October, I'm doing a leadership wellness workshop. So right. it's why does health impact your leadership effectiveness? for, um, yeah, women leaders in retail. So it should be really cool. And it's actually in person, which I'm very excited about. I, yeah, I can't yeah. wait to get back to live in person type things. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm I mean, not that excited. zoom is bad, but you know, I'm ready to get back, shake hands and stuff. Yeah. Like that. I need some three dimensional. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I swear. Yeah. Um, Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. This has been great. Your 12 week program. Is that available on the website? Can they go out and get it information is. on that? Okay. It is. And, how and often I would do you say that, um, you know, I have individuals that run every week. So okay. I'm starting every week with certain individuals. Um, I, I do a free needs assessment up, up front, and that helps both that client uh, or prospective client and myself, you know, realize if this is the right move for both of us. And then we go from there. Perfect. Yeah. In, in English and German or just English? <laughs> well, I have taken a couple German women through it. Awesome. So um, it's, it's really, it really helped me understand when I went to Germany, do things translate and, you know, we're all humans yes. and they do translate quite well. So, you know, some things are different and you have to recognize those, but that's, but that's also us being humans. We're all different in certain ways, but we're all the same in a lot of ways, even Absolutely. in different countries. So um, yeah, it helped me. I actually took two German women through a beta group uh, and they loved it and they, they understood everything. It felt, it felt the same to them. They got the same impact. So that was good. Very cool. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for coming Thank on the show. You. I really appreciate this. And uh, listeners, hope you guys are taking notes. Um, I will have all the links to uh, your website and everything in the show notes so people will be able to reach out to you. And yeah, once, uh, once you do blow up Uprisers, come back on the show and let us know how it's going. I will. And I'm going to have the courage types memorized. Okay. <laughs> no, worries. no worries. All right. Listeners, hope you guys uh, enjoyed this episode. If you did make sure you share it with your family, friends, and colleagues and stick around because there's always more coming. That's it for me. Coach Harlan saying so long for now. <laughs>